philanthropy around the world. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Kinga Horvath. I first met Kinga when she was a graduate student at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where now she's an invaluable member of our school's research team. And one of the projects that Kinga has been leading us on is the Global Philanthropy Environment Index. And Kinga, great to see you again, and thanks for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thank you, Bill, for the introduction. It's a pleasure talking to you about this project. And help our uh, listeners and our viewers understand, what is the Global Philanthropy Environment Index? The Global Philanthropy Environment Index is the world's most comprehensive effort to map the philanthropic environment across the globe. Working with more than 100 country experts and regional reviewers, this year's report identifies the incentives and barriers to the environment for philanthropy in 91 countries and economies. The research measures six factors that influence the philanthropic environment, such as the ease of operating a philanthropic organization, tax incentives for giving, rules and regulations on cross-border philanthropic flows, as well as the philanthropic, economic, and sociocultural environment for philanthropy. Bill, I'd like to highlight that the Global Philanthropy Environment Index provides open access to its information and findings for everyone who is interested in better understanding the current state of philanthropy and how philanthropy is likely to evolve and how it could be enabled to thrive across different regions and cultures, again, across the globe. So 91 nations and information provided by over 100 subject matter experts in different countries. How did you identify these people? I mean, it's kind of interesting. You just send out like a big email and see who responds. That's a lot of networking to get that expertise. How did you guys do that? It's a lot of networking. Uh, uh, we built this network since 2017 when the school first uh, received the opportunity to work and develop uh, this wonderful research project. And we are looking for uh, experts who have expertise in uh, different countries on uh, the philanthropic environment. Um, they can be either researchers or practitioners. And uh, we are currently looking new researchers as we are planning to enhance this research and include more countries in the next iteration of the report. And then did the subject matter experts, did they fill out a formal survey? Did you do some interviews and focus group discussions? How were the data collected? That's a wonderful question. First, the Global Philanthropy Environment Index collects data on the enabling environment for philanthropy, as I mentioned, at the country level using an expert questionnaire. For each indicator question, such country experts provide a narrative and a score uh, and the score is on the scale of one to five, where one indicates the least favorable environment and the five indicates the most favorable environment for philanthropy. After the data collection, our research team at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy reviews the narratives and scores and conducts supplementary research. Then the countries and economies are grouped into regions and each, each region has one additional experts serving as a regional reviewer who assesses the scores and reviews the narratives. This year in 2021-22, we organized a total of 14 regional meetings online where country experts with the 14 regional reviewers discuss course findings and key trends at the country and regional levels. And for the third tier, 
lastly, um, the Global Advisory Council reviews and discusses the scores and country reports from a global perspective and suggests adjustments if needed before finalizing and publishing the reports. And as I mentioned this year, we have 91 country reports, 14 regional reports, and one global report that are all available online. So we can see how extensive the data gathering and analysis has been to produce this final report with, again, surveys being sent to over 100 subject matter experts, those data being gathered and then reviewed by 14 regional advisory councils, if you will, and then one global advisory council uh, to really sift through and analyze these data, uh, both in an objective way and also in a comparative way. And, and Kinga, what is the result then? Are, are these individual countries ranked? Are they just kind of presented by each of those six factors? Are they compared with one another? W what does this final report look like? So in the final report, we try not to rank the countries since the report's main goal is to, to enhance philanthropy and promote philanthropy across the globe. However, you can find the country and regional level scores at the global report, and you can uh, find uh, uh, narratives of each country and the region with uh, very rich information and uh, up-to-date information to get to know more about specific countries' environment for philanthropy. So when you read the final report, like what, what really jumped out? What, was, what were some of the aha moments for you, whether, you know, consistent trends from one country to the next, um, things that maybe were affirmed? Hey, we knew that, and the study has now affirmed that for us. Anything that was brand new? You know, what really jumped out for you as you, as you looked at this final report? At the global level, um, I think one of the key findings was that the global philanthropic environment was moderately favorable between 2018 and 2020 when we collected the data uh, with an overall score of 3.63. 62% of the 91 uh, countries and economies reported a favorable environment for philanthropy. Um, which means that they scored uh, 3.5 or above um, in their scoring. Second, it's very interesting that nearly half of the country experts, so nearly half of the 91 countries and economies, reported a slowdown in economic growth, primarily due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, economic uncertainty can seriously undermine the philanthropic organization's work across the globe. And we saw that in, in regions such as the Caribbean, Latin America, and Sub-Saharan Africa, such economic uncertainty was particularly acute in the observed time period. Um, as uh, our current audience uh, might know, the first index was released in 2018. So we also compared the data um, of the 79 economies uh, that were included in both the 2018 and the 2022 indices. And the global philanthropic environment showed an overall modest improvement, which is wonderful. However, I'd like to highlight that oftentimes improvements in one country or region um, were often balanced with declines witnessed in other countries or other regions. And just to provide an example, a very interesting example, I think, the political environment showed the largest overall score increase across the globe, so it improved globally. However, one third of the 79 countries and economies still reported a decline in their political environment, 
highlighting political instability, state harassment, negative campaigns against certain types of philanthropic organizations, such as vegetable organizations, or uh, restrictions on foreign funding, among um, any other um, political restrictions. And finally, I'd really like to highlight what we can see in terms of the future of philanthropy, because I think uh, many of our audience is very interested about the future. We see that the futurist philanthropy is likely to be, likely to be characterized by collaboration, both cross-sectoral and cross-national, new technologies, and the digitalization of uh, giving across the globe. Additionally, the COVID-19 pandemic and the migration crisis across the globe showed us that informal philanthropy is likely to increase as informal philanthropic activities really can provide community-focused, flexible, and fast responses to address these challenges. So it will be very, very interesting to see how both formal and informal philanthropy uh, will evolve in the coming years. Well, that and, is so, oh, please. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And Bill, just one more thing. Um, these are some of the key findings at the global level, right? Uh, but this study really provides very rich information at the country and regional levels. So I'd really like to encourage our audience to visit our website, the globalindices.iupui.edu website, to find, a, find out more about the report, especially about the 91 countries and 14 regions if you are interested in anything particular. And as Kinga said, the report shows that in about two thirds of the nations, there is a, a growing and favorable uh, environment for philanthropic behavior. There, there are many reasons for that related to economics, related to the political environment in each of those individual countries. Uh, the, the report also points out uh, opportunities for nonprofit organizations, for cross-sector collaboration, for cross-border collaboration in ways that are both formal and informal. And so a lot of good, rich information in this report. And Kinga, I know you're very familiar with the fundraising school and the wonderful people who turn to our fundraising school for you know, training and, and for advice and guidance. How would you recommend that they could use this report for their fundraising planning? It's an excellent question. Um, we really believe that fundraisers can use this report as a tool to better understand the regulatory environment as well as the overall environment for giving and fundraising in these 91 countries and economies and the 14 regions, of course. Country and regional reports provide information-rich narratives on both domestic and international giving and fundraising, discussing, discussing both the incentives and uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, the barriers of these activities. And uh, reports that also highlight relevant regulations on fundraising that can be very helpful for practitioners and discuss how the future of philanthropy might look like that could provide a head start for fundraisers and NGO leaders either operating or considering operating in these certain countries and regions that are included in the report. Wonderful advice and guidance from my colleague, Kinga Horvath, a key member of our research team at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where again, we don't just want to publish a fascinating research study, which this is, we want you to be able to use this and apply this for your fundraising planning. And uh, of course, the research is part of all of our coursework here at the Fundraising School, our public courses, which are available in person in a growing number of U.S. cities as well as online, both recorded and live online courses. 
which of course are accessible in the United States and anywhere across the world. And then of course we have our custom training that we can tailor make training just for your nonprofit. And not too long ago, I had a chance to train fundraisers from nine different countries all at the same time. That shows the international reach of the fundraising school in addition to our work here in the United States. We have our quarterly webinars, we have these free weekly podcasts, and the website to find all of this information is philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now, when you find across the top toolbar the word research, that'll bring you a pull-down menu, and that's where you will find the Global Philanthropy Environment Index. On that same toolbar, find professional development, that's where you're going to find the fundraising school. Remember, philanthropy.iupui.edu. Our guest today is Kinga Horvath of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.